Welcome to the HEAL podcast for all things related to Lyme disease and other chronic illnesses. I'm Mimi McLean, Mama 5, founder of Lyme 360 and a Lyme warrior. Tune in each week to hear from doctors, health practitioners, and experts to hear about their treatments, struggles, and triumphs to help you on your healing journey. I'm here to heal with you. Welcome back to the Heal Podcast. This is Mimi, and today we have on Dr. Christina. Dr. Christina believes that rather than putting a Band-Aid on every symptom, you need to find the root cause. If we cure the cause, then we can live the life we want instead of the life we're prescribed. After battling Lyme disease in her 20s and multiple bouts with cancer in her 30s, Dr. Christina made a vow to help people find their own paths of empowerment. Dr. Christina has a book launching very soon and has helped formulate root brands. Root products support your body to detox, cleanse, focus, and relax simply and naturally. If you want to learn more about the root products, go to therootbrands.com forward slash Lime360. To get my Detox for Lime checklist, go to Lime360.com forward slash Detox checklist. Thank you so much, Dr. Christina, for coming on today. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited to hear about your journey with Lyme and then also your education and everything that you've been bringing based on your education and your background. You're just, you have so many different experiences. So it's like, I'm excited to dive in. So um, can we start on like how about your Lyme experience and how you got better and if you're still struggling today and all that? Absolutely. So I was 19 years old and in North Carolina working. I think I was cleaning hotel rooms that summer <laughs> for at a conference center. My dad wanted to teach me humility, so he chose that path for me. But we would camp on the weekends and I got in a bed of ticks. And I ended up having, and I know we all have these different stories, but I had, you know, I'm pretty old. So I am, this was, gosh, 30 years ago. I'm sitting here thinking how old I was, 20, 30, yeah, 30 years ago. And that was right before really Lyme was a big thing. And I'm from a very small town in, in Missouri. I ended up having this bullseye, but they diagnosed it as I went to the provider that was handling all the medical things at the conference and at the conference center. And they said that I had been bitten by a brown recluse. So I ended up having a very high temperature and feeling very fatigued, but I just kept thinking I was okay. And because she said that I would be okay and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I ended up going to the movie theater and I fainted and I ended up in the ICU or they were doing spinal taps. I had a very bad, I know we all have had bad cases, but it was a very fast case. At the time I had an infectious disease doctor that actually had written a lot about Lyme disease and he treated me with Rocephin IV that they put in my hands and then every vein in my arms collapsed. And then they put a shunt in, which I can still, of course, fill right here. And they would come administer it every day. I ended up losing my eyelashes and a lot of my hair. From the, They tried all these different treatments through IV. And how quick was and that after you got bit? Like two weeks. Oh after. my gosh, like that fast. That fast. And then how long were you in the hospital for? I was in the hospital in ICU for two weeks. Oh, wow. And then they sent me home. I had a nurse come to me every day to do treatments. Every vein in my arm collapsed, like I said, so they had to put the shunt in. I just didn't react well. I was very sick. And I ended up going back to college, actually. That was in the summer. I went to college 
and they kept me on antibiotic treatments, but I was really sick. I look back and I lost my memory. I couldn't remember my parents' name. I really need to be in a support group because I've never actually talked to anyone about this. I know, at the it's time, hard. And then it's also yeah. is everything. Yeah, it was pretty hard, actually. And my parents didn't understand it. And my dad made me go back to college and he insisted, and it wasn't his fault. He just didn't understand it. But I went from having a, a photographic memory and speed reading and just never studying for a test to not knowing two plus two. <laughs> Do you know I what I mean? To school then. You know what I did, which I think leads me to where I am today. I come from a family that you're not supposed to, this is not bad, but they didn't want me to cry. They wanted me to make it right. And so they just kept saying I was fine, but I did have an excuse from the school. So the doctor wrote the school. So I didn't actually have to attend all the classes. I could go and take the test. And I think they were really probably pretty lenient on me, but I went from being really good at science and math to not knowing. And I think I, through that, learned somehow to reprogram my brain to think differently because I could, after that, this is really odd. I didn't remember, and I still have not completely regained my basic science knowledge from high school because I was in honors classes. Yeah. 2.0, you know, so I couldn't, I never really have regained what I learned until that point. So I had to basically relearn everything. I think I failed biology I didn't fail. I quit. I dropped out so I wouldn't fail, right? Because then you could drop at a certain point. But I haven't thought about this in years. I, I was really sick. And I think for about a period, if I'm really honest, three, four years, I um, struggled, you know, getting sick a lot, being on antibiotics. I don't know who, if you've had this, but I had just knots on all my joints, you know, like rheumatoid arthritis. They diagnosed me with rheumatoid arthritis at the time. No one actually knew what to do. I started really researching how to treat myself naturally at that point and alternatives because I just wanted to experience college. And I actually ended up getting a graduate assistantship and going to graduate school. But I would be lying if I told you it didn't impact me from a cognitive functioning perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm and just it, amazed that you could do all that science and memorization because I was a math major and I used to be able to do numbers in my head and like all this quant stuff. I, I, to, to this day, I don't have that ability anymore. I, I have to use like a calculator. And before I used to laugh at people that used to need a calculator. So I'm just amazed that you could even get through those science classes to get to a graduate program. I didn't do well. So I went from being great at science and math to and this is the weirdest thing. They would give me these problems. I know this is going to sound bizarre. I would know the answer, but I couldn't figure out how to get there. Yeah. So I still have that to this day. So if you gave me a problem and said, well, let's say it's a very complicated statistic, statistical analysis, I can't talk. I would be able to come up with the answer really quickly. But if you ask me, how did I get to that number? Yeah. I have no clue. It's like there's a part of my brain <laughs> still to this day that there's this block And if I said that didn't depress me or upset me for a long time, I would be lying. But there's really never been anyone in my life, to be honest, to talk to about it. Because at the time when that happened, I didn't know anyone that had Lyme disease. I know it's becoming much more prevalent now. So how did you ultimately feel better? Like what got you kind of back and... I really started, and I've talked about this before because I did this again when I got cancer. I, I drank a lot of spirulina algaes, a lot of greens. I did a lot of the detox baths where I would use different types of salts. 
And if you ask me, how did I know about that? What I did was I started looking at inflammation because I understood I'm a scientist. And I know that at that point, I didn't remember things, but I knew enough. And you probably were the same way. I knew enough that I didn't know. And I could start researching and learning and talking to people. So I, I had a really close relationship with Dr. Ryden, who was the doctor. And I learned as much as I could. But again, if you look back, there were not a lot of treatments. They were trying to figure out how to treat for that disease. And I, I really think he somehow gave me so many things that it got rid of it for a while where I was exhausted. I still had the arthritis, you know, the, the knots, nodules everywhere. I was on a lot of prednisone. I don't know what you were on when you first got it, but they put me on tons of steroids. And I think I was even on methotrexate, which now as a scientist, because I worked with biotech and pharma, it's horrible for your liver, your, your kidneys, your body. I mean, the things I was treated with, if I'm really honest, were horrible for me. They mm-hmm. ended up using a type of chemotherapy because it was a different approach, which I don't think they use that now. But they just basically, their goal was to destroy everything, kind of like you do with cancer. Yeah. Now, you worked in um, the pharmaceutical industry, and then you switched over now to kind of more holistic. So can you talk a little bit about your education and how it applied to your profession and how you've switched over now into more holistic? So I had a master's of science, and I got it in rehabilitation counseling, which is basically healthcare. You know, it has to do with counseling patients and healthcare, and you have to do a lot of science with that as well. And, And it's a very different kind of degree. It's kind of a mixture of biology, chemistry, counseling. It's a lot of different stuff where you learn how to deal with healthcare. And through that, and I, again, worked for the school, so I was also teaching and doing things for the the university. I started realizing I really wanted to do research in science, even though I had lost a huge chunk of that when I got Lyme's disease. I think it made me understand how important it was to really do that. So I ended up getting a doctorate degree in counseling psychology after I got my master's, but if I really think back, and this is the first time I've actually <laughs> sat here and thought back on, on this, I don't think I felt great for a period of six, seven years. I'm, I'm thinking now, because when I was working on my doctorate degree, I started being able to remember more and I started feeling more like myself, but I will tell you this, I went from doing that and focusing on science, doing talks for Pfizer on counseling and women and depression because that was a psychology focus and then ended up going actually into sales and marketing with Pfizer. And that later led to me being in committees and then going into biotech and then going into the medical science and clinical science divisions because of my degrees, they wanted me to be on the medical and clinical side And I did a lot of investigator-sponsored trials. Again, my focus, though, was understanding the pharmaceutical biotech and how it could improve things, and then also understanding the nutraceutical side. So I never left. I knew that the spirulina shakes, the ability to take different products that had to do with curcumin, as well as I did a lot of resveratrol, things like that. And I, I became a vegan, just so you know, for a couple of years as well. So I really tried to clean my body. And when I, I got a brain tumor after I had my son, I when I was pregnant with my first son, there were twins. And anyway, I ended up, it metastasized the cancer because I was pregnant with cancer. And it went to my brain. I had a prolactinoma and a serum going to my ilia, melanoma, squamous, basal cell, 
a lot of and different things. Do you think things. it attributed from Lyme or where do you think that came from? I do, but the doctors were like, no, it can't be from that. In my heart <laughs> and in my whole being, I absolutely believe that it came from Lyme disease. I, I miscarried so many times. I don't even want to say how many times I miscarried. Mm -hmm. I lost twins at one point in the second trimester. I just wrote an article about that, how they're saying now that the Lyme is causing a lot of miscarriages. And I 100% believe that it contributed to my body because there's no one else in my family. I mean, we have a family that's had cancer when people are older, right? But never like that. I also ended up having high blood pressure, which I think was from the Lyme disease. But I really, through that, became, I think like you, very dedicated to researching and finding answers on how to support my body and clean my body and get better. And that's where I really got started getting into detox. But in the biotech pharma world, they don't talk about detox or nutraceuticals. In fact, a lot of pharmaceutical and biotech companies I worked with when we did studies and stuff, you couldn't do nutraceuticals. Uh, you couldn't mention them. You, you didn't want patients on those during the therapies because your therapies had to be dedicated just to that drug or that molecule that you were treating things with. But I, do, I will tell you this, because I have a combination of the pharmaceutical, biotech, and nutraceutical background, I believe it's a combination of therapies between all of those worlds that work the best. I think nutraceuticals can get to the root of the issue, but I also think there's times when the body just needs extra you know, support and it may need a pharmaceutical product. And, you know, I, I've traveled to 84 countries, so I, I've had the ability, and because I've had Lyme disease, don't think I don't ask about Lyme disease everywhere I go because it's something that impacted my life. I mean, at one point, I thought I was going to die, and I also at one point thought I don't care if I die because I was so sick. And I lost one of the things that was the most important thing to me, which was my ability to think. Yeah. And the second thing I lost that was really important to me was my energy. It just kills you. You're like, what's the point? I think anybody who's had chronic Lyme knows exactly the mental piece of it. It's easy to give up, honestly. And especially if you don't have an out and you don't have a reason to live. Like It's, it's really easy to give up. And it's really hard to talk to people about it because you don't want to be negative. I know. And I can tell from just talking to you the times we've been on the phone. And then now you've got energy and you have a positive spirit and you want to do great things. But the reality is a reality. And I had that Saturday morning. I called my doctor. I was in rough shape Saturday morning. I know we talked about this before. And I, I honestly, I broke down. I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I'm like, honestly, I'm in so much pain. I'm done. Like, I, I don't have, there's not an answer. Like, I, I just, I don't know how it's so hard. Right. And you think you're doing everything right. And then something triggers and you're like, what causes to trigger? Like, where did this come from? And it's a whole new symptom. Like, and I thought everything was worse. And now it just made it like, you're like, can it get worse? And then it gets worse. And you're like, oh my God, I didn't think it could get worse. You know, and it just keeps getting worse. It just so keeps getting hard. worse. I don't like to complain, but sometimes I feel like a hypochondriac. And so the people I'm the closest to actually, you know, my significant other, <laughs> my children, I don't really talk about it. To no, because you don't want them to feel like, and then when you can't stand up and you're not walking, they're like, what's wrong, mom? I'm like, today's the day. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm finally going to complain. I never complain, but I, I feel like I'm dying today. Like, you know, like you, and you know, I don't try never to complain. Like they don't, I don't want to complain. So I don't, unless it's really like, I can't move. This is probably not the place to, to talk about this, but I've done colon therapies. Like mm -hmm. I was doing things that people, my own family would think I was crazy. Oh, we, I do coffee enemas. <laughs> oh, me too. 
And my daughter, my five years, like my, what is she? She goes, mommy, are you doing tushy coffee? This isn't when she first started coffee. She's like, what are you doing with the coffee? You doing tushy coffee today? I'm like, oh my God. I can't even talk about it to my kids because I've got a a 24-year-old that's almost 25 and then 19 and then Kreider, who's 16, almost 17, and then Merritt. So three boys. So anything I say to them, they make fun of me. So I'm like, I don't, I can't even talk about it. Honestly, the coffee hunter, I think is one of the, like my go-to, like if I'm in bed. That's mine. And if I I get out of bed and go somewhere to a meeting or to something for school or something and I don't have a choice, like that's my go-to, like that will get me out of bed. Get me oh my gosh, I need to be around people. I, you know what? That's something I need to do. I need to be around people that have experienced what I've experienced because I don't have, I don't have anyone to talk to. Yeah. Now I will tell you, I, I worked, so because I'm a scientist, I worked on formulas that my goal was, was Lyme's disease. And my goal was, and actually I don't even want to say it's Lyme's disease. It was being able to feel okay to get up out of bed and do the goals and mission that I feel like I have in life. And my mission and you will probably understand this. My mission in my mind is to heal and love. <laughs> and the reason I think that's the case is I had Lyme disease. Before I had Lyme disease, my life was pretty great. And I will say after Lyme disease, I ended up even in college after that, being in student government. We talked about that, being an officer and homecoming, panel pre- I mean, I was very involved, right? But I also wanted to sleep sometimes for 16, 18 hours. Mm-hmm. And I didn't talk about that, but I had this like pass where because I had Lyme disease and kept getting sick, because I did go back into the hospital and have other issues through those years. It gave me the ability to make it through because I had kind people that somehow understood, but there are also people, and you may or may not remember this, and maybe this hasn't happened to you. They didn't believe in Lyme disease. A lot of people don't. You think it's in your head, right? They think you're like, you're, or they'll say, there must be something going on. I'm like, actually, no, I have a great life. Like, I love my life. There's nothing, I'm not making this up. Like, this is a complete hindrance to me. Like, this is not like, oh, I need attention. And I, like, I have a lot of things I want to do. I have a good life. Like, I don't need this. So I, that's, I think a common theme among Lyme patients is like, people don't believe you, especially when you go to the emergency room and your reports come back negative and they're like, there's nothing wrong with you. They say there's nothing wrong. And another thing, so I was in 20 years old. So 19, I got it when I was 19. I believed then, I remember having the discussion with the doctor that it was sexually transmitted. And I asked the question. I still think it is. I still think it is as a scientist. How could it not be if it's in the syphilis family and it's in the blood? Like, how could it actually not be? Like, I don't understand how, like, if it's in the syphilis family, like, how could it not be? I believe it is. There's people that say it's transmitted to the children. I absolutely think it can be. There's such a division there. And I don't know if it's actually gotten that much better. I think the knowledge of Lyme disease has gotten better. Yeah. But I'm not sure the acceptance has gotten better. I don't think it is. Slowly, this year, they finally acknowledged it in the government and gave some money because of that senator that died. There's a senator that died last year of Lyme disease. And I think finally they're realizing, wait, like if she died, then there must be something going on. So they gave money. But in general, no, I don't think most doctors, conventional doctors, they think you're crazy. I believe it's an environmental factor that causes these autoimmune disorders. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the issues is people get Lyme disease and then they have other autoimmune disorders or cancer and no one's connecting yeah. <laughs> that they're related. But I will tell you, so one of the products I worked on was Clean Slate. And there's two other products coming out that I worked on where I really selfishly, one of my goals was to feel okay. 
So sometimes, you know, I know the people that take that product, sometimes they'll take five or 10 in the morning, five or 10 at night. For me, I have before, and this is just me, because you know how it feels like we talked about the coffee enemas. We talked about how you feel when you get up in the morning. If I really feel bad, I just drink half a bottle or a bottle of it. And then I will feel fine the next day. But I can't tell people to do that because it's not recommended. I think my body is so toxic because I really believe that when you have these biofilms and you have the spiral keys, I believe as a scientist, your body holds on to more heavy metal. I believe your body holds on to more toxins in the body because it's an unhealthy environment. It's kind of like if there's a storefront and someone throws a rock through it, then everyone can get into the storefront. Everyone can rob everything because it already had a rock go through it and it's broken. And I think Lyme disease is a lot worse than what people think and that they're willing to admit. But for me, it's been something that for my, it, it doesn't go away, but there's long periods of time it gets better. And I think that there's times that I have had like a three to four month period and I'll just think I'm fine and forget about it. And then it hits, it hits me. What are your triggers? So you talked about not being able to walk. This is going to sound really... So I start getting very tired and very sore, like I have the flu. Mm -hmm. And then like, I honestly, like when I get out of bed, I have like pen like on my heels and my feet Mm -hmm. and it hurts to eat like my wrist to even be touched. It hurts. And, and I become emotional. Like, I want to cry. I just want to, you know, hide. (laughs) And my personality is not like that because I love being around my kids. I love being around my family and friends. But for me, it's, it's hard because I don't believe people understand. And I don't believe it's something, at least in my community, that's socially acceptable to go out and talk about a lot. Now, how did you get better from your cancer? Did you go conventional? No, I mostly did. I took some zeolites and some, I'm really big into silicas or the silic acid, aluminum silicate. If you look at the orthosilicates, there's all different kinds of stuff under it. Benzonite's one of them. I know it's kind of odd because you also have arsenic and fluoride that are part of those classes. But if you can get the right product made in the right way to really be able to detox the body, I got to tell you, I do a lot through the skin because I understand the skin is the largest organ. I worked for a company called Biogen that became Biogen IDEC. As a scientist, I worked on scleroderma, sarcoidosis, pyrodermic granulosum, psoriasis, all these skin disorders. So I, I know that when you have a skin disorder, you usually have an internal, like secondary or primary autoimmune disorder. And through that, you know, you can have 80% of the products that you put on your skin can actually go and become systemic. So I do a lot of clays, a lot of salts, a lot of oils. So I don't know how many oils you do, but I do a lot of the helichrysum, frankincense. When I'm really sick, really sick, and I don't want to tell anyone else to do this, but (laughs) you're asking me, I use oregano in the bath. It hurts. But if I'm really sore and like, let's say my wrist, I'll rub it on there. And I also use a lot of clove. And I got to tell you, for me, if it hurts really bad, I'll also add the lavender to help, you know, calm it. But it works. It helps me. And I say it works. I told you this before we started. I also, about every three months, will do Zithromax and Fluconazole, Diflucan. And I got to tell you, within a week, when I do that, I feel significantly better. But the problem is it will come back. So I, as you can see, I'm like building up like multiple approaches so that 
I can function normally during a period of a day. That's great. Now, can you talk dive more into your three products that you mentioned that you were developing? Yes. So from my perspective, you've got to detox the body and you've got to get to the biofilm and you've got to try to break up. It's not actually the spiral key, in my opinion. It's everything around that and what's produced as a toxin that's in the body. I really wanted to be able to use something that continuously break it up. And Clean Slate is one of the products I've probably worked on at this point, gosh, 30, 40 formulas when it comes to detox with Lyme disease. But one of the reasons I allowed that one to be licensed because I have provisional patents around it and they're filing the final ones, and I had some in the past as well. I wanted to be able to have a formula that was a basic that was out there that could get out there immediately to as many people as possible so that hopefully it could treat them and try to break up that cycle because you've really got to go in there and break it up. And I know that I, I think the company sometimes talks about taking it every day, but I think for Lyme's patients, it's important to take more than probably they're telling people to take in order to feel better. But I also think it's important to take a break for a little while. The problem's going to be once you start getting used to taking Clean Slate, a lot of people, they have a hard time when they take that break. They'll have a flare. I can tell you that that's the problem when I stop taking it for longer than two or three weeks, I'll have a flare so that I'll have to take it. But really, you, I, I wanted a product that could go in and communicate to try to get rid of that in the body. And so when you say, you might say to me, how does a product communicate? Well, my background was biotech, you know, for years, and we used human monoclonal antibodies to go in through an effusion to communicate with the body to get rid of the bad cells that were sick. And I believe there's a place, and I think that, I don't think, I know in other countries, they use different forms of silicas, silver ions, zeolites, benzonite through IV formulas that they're treating patients with Lyme disease. And there's some amazing clinics. I'll have to get it. I'll have to get you the names later. I visited a clinic in Norway and a clinic in the Netherlands that treat Lyme disease and they had almost a hundred percent success rate. And they did cryotherapy. They did the salt baths. They use the zeolite they use or the silic acids and a lot of different things like that. And I, I'm not one of these people that would ever say to you, I have the answer and you need to take what I made or formulated. You talked to me enough to know that I take different formulas that I never worked on. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But for me, it was really important. And then what happened really, if you go back to the history of when I started working on detox, I have never made money to date. And I don't think people know this yet. I haven't made money off of a zeolite product or orthosilic acid yet. I went to the lab and I worked on things and I think other companies like use them probably. But from my perspective, and you'll understand this, I wanted samples of what I had made for me and for my family because I also know that it can help with the detox and the supplementation when you have cancer. And I have a father that has cancer. I didn't care if I made money off of that because of two reasons. I'm a little frustrated because I haven't, <laughs> but, but I wanted to help people so they would feel better. You probably have felt this way sometimes. Sometimes I wake up and think, I just, well, we just talked about this a little while ago. I just can't do this, right? I'm, I don't feel good. What if something ever happens? God forbid, and, and I'm not here. What do I want to give back to help people? And I know you do tons of stuff like that all the time, even these podcasts. It's not unusual, especially, and I'm not 
I'm not saying men don't do this, but especially with women, I think that have been sick or had children that are sick to do things for free, just to give back. And I think people have a hard time understanding me. (laughs) Like, I think that people would have a hard time understanding that's the truth, but that's the truth. There was about five, six years out there that I think there were different formulas that I probably created. I never made money off any of them. I did it because I wanted to help people. And I also wanted products for myself and my family, because I believe that because I have Lyme disease, I have four children that my children need to continuously detox. You have the three products. So the first one is clean slate. Yes. And the second one is zero in. And one of the reasons that was a second product is because we talked about this. I had, well, I was a psychologist and I had such problems concentrating and being able to remember as well as the energy and the ability to, like I was an athlete. And once I got Lyme disease, I didn't even feel like running. Like I ran state, you know, and and was a volleyball player and did all this stuff. And for a while, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to get out of bed. So Zero In has different ingredients in there that are basically triggering the neurotransmitters of the brain. I'm fueling the neurotransmitters of the brain. So the brain is working more effectively. I think since I've had Lyme disease, sometimes, many times I need to jumpstart. <laughs> and so Zero In is one of the formulas that was important to me to do that. Also, I have kids with ADHD mm-hmm. and they have problems focusing. I'm not against Adderall and things like that, but my children have not been on it. When the teachers brought me into the office to tell me they needed to be on it, I just said, no, they're not going to be. So it's one of the first products that has really helped my kids to the point that I hide the product because they, they want to take it all the time. They can, but you don't need to take like 10 of those, you know, a day. Everybody's brain is different, just like everybody's body is different. You probably have seen this with all the Lyme disease. You're more of an expert on Lyme disease right now than I am because you've spent your life being dedicated to this, but everybody's body's different. And the one thing though, that the people, the research people I've been exposed to with Lyme disease Cognitive functioning is a, is a major thing. It's a major problem. Yeah. It's a major part. And I think when you have a flare, I don't know how you are, but like I said a little bit earlier, I feel overwhelmed, yeah. tired, emotional. And also you just, the word recall, right? And like the short-term memory is just... Even driving. Like, do you know that sometimes this is horrible to say, but when I'm having a flare, I'll think, where am I going? Like, yeah. do I turn left or right? Which side of the road am I on? I've left my car running and I've gone into like a lunch and come back out. And my car's still running. You're completely clueless. It's, and you know, my kids laugh about it. And I joke too, because I don't want to get upset. But the truth is it's from Lyme's disease. Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay. So the third product is coming out, right? And so what is that one? Yeah. Well, first of all, they're going to do a revision. I think of the first clean slate to mm-hmm. add because It's really expensive to make some of these products, (laughs) but I wanted to add trace minerals and magnesium. And again, going back to how can it help Lyme disease? How can it help people with autoimmune disorders? I will continually, and you'll see this, it's like you, you're continually trying to find answers and update the answers to help people. I'm the same way as a scientist. Instead of doing a podcast, I just go into a lab and make formulas, but it's the same thing where we're both helping people. So the third one's called Restore. And I did some patents around making vitamins more bioavailable and then also taking lectin because lectin actually, which is part of the seed that can have toxins, but it can also get rid of negative things. Like, for example, there is some research that shows that lectin, like apricot seeds, 
can help with certain people that have Lyme's disease. So I wanted to keep the anti-tumeric, anti-cancerogenic, antiviral, antibacterial properties in the lectin, but get rid of all the toxic things that are harmful to the rest of the body, like the organs. So I did patents around that and I use those with Restore. I also did uh, patents around cold press methods. The reason I did that is a lot of people will take certain oils, plants, seeds, flowers, and they become allergic to it. We kind of touched upon that earlier. I wanted to take that part out so that people would not develop allergies if they use the product that I worked on. And so I did patents around that. That was really important to me because again, I have a lot of allergies. I always have, but I think they've been worse since I've had Lyme's disease. And my kids have a lot of allergies. So my goal was to take basic ingredients like resveratrol and like oregano oil and turmeric and things that people use but could be negative for them as well. Their body can react against it. So I wanted to do it in a formula. And I can send you a summary of it if you want to post it for your site that would really help people. And that's in the Restore formula. That's great. Okay, good. And now you're working on a book as well. Yes, it's called Cure the Causes. And the first 10 people that use the Lyme 360 will be able, if they go to the drchristinarom.com website or they contact you, I'll give a signed copy of the book. And it is a book about getting to the cause and the root of the issues. And it does touch upon all the different things that occur with Lyme disease and how to get toxins out of your body. Mm -hmm, That's great. And then also you wanted to address the website about the Institute. Oh, yeah. So I have been in a lot of societies in my career, from the American Oncology Organization Society to NAS, the neurosurgeon. I've been a, I've been a professional member, a researcher, American Dermatology Association, a lot of them in my career. And so I started a while ago the International Seed Science Society, but it was just focused on seeds. And so we moved on to the International Science Nutrition Society. We have newsletters. It's $19.95 a year, but the first 10 people, again, that mention this code will have a free membership into that society. And you get newsletters, we do educational sessions, and you get different things like an app and stuff with the society. And I can send you the information. Okay, good. I'll definitely post it with this podcast so that people can visit and sign up and get your book. And I appreciate, thank you so much for the codes for the first 10 people. That's awesome. Is there anything else that we haven't covered that you wanted to do address or talk about? You know, I addressed this in the book and I want to, I want to say this, you know, life is difficult. (laughs) It's beautiful, but it's it's difficult. And you go to experts and they tell you uh, you're never going to get better. Or they tell you you're fine when you're not fine. (laughs) One or the other, it's, it's, you know, you know, your body. So, you know, when you're sick. So one of the things I, you know, I've, I've spent so many years in college studying science from nanotechnology at Harvard to Cornell, like I think you've been to Cornell too, and nutrition and, and also pharmacy. And I don't know the answers. I just know some of the answers. And I think that you guys have to know that if your body's telling you you're sick, you're sick. It's important to find the answers. And if someone finds the answers in one thing, and it doesn't work for you, then go to the next thing, but don't give up because it's really important. You, you have the only body you're ever going to have. So you've got to take as much time and energy and not feel guilty about it, but learn to support your body and learn from people like you that are doing podcasts 
and not just from doctors and scientists like me because they have a little bit of the piece of the puzzle. <laughs> they don't have the answers to the whole puzzle. There's not one pill. There's not one. And unfortunately, it's not the same for everybody. Like what, what worked for you might not work for me. And yeah. so that makes this so complicated, yeah. I feel like. And what makes it frustrating, this is what I was kind of venting to my doctor this weekend was like, because he wants me to go see another Lyme doctor. And I'm just like, the problem is you, every Lyme doctor you go to has a different set of supplements or a different set of criteria or a different, yeah. like a different path. And it's like, it's, it's crazy how many different paths there are and different supplements. And even if they might have the same path, they're using different supplements or and they don't like that quality supplements and they want to sell you this. And you're like, then you wind up with 20 baskets of supplements from the 20 different doctors that you went to that you never finished. Right. So mm-hmm. it's just hard. Oh, that, house. <laughs> that's like going to my I know. It's like everywhere I have walls of supplements, but yeah. you know, it's exhausting and you want to give up. And yeah. I think you just have to love yourself enough never yeah. to give up. And sometimes that's hard when you're emotional. And I, I think I can tell you're a strong woman and I and a female and I'm strong. But I think as another thing, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, it's really hard not to give up sometimes, but you just have to keep going and find the answers. That's and the true. answers might change. And you know this, you may do well on a treatment for a while and then it doesn't work. And that goes back to HIV, what I said about HIV. And that's how that whole treatment is. And they've all accepted that. Here's the issue with Lyme disease. Your HIV community has a list of things that work that you can live 30, 40, 50 years and you're fine. And you've got major pharmaceutical companies behind it. I don't know if you realize this, but the, well, you do realize this. This Lyme disease, we don't have that. And nothing's covered by insurance. So you're literally going on your own path with your own dime. Why is that? Like I, I haven't spent enough focus because I'm always working on science projects and, you know, doing different things. Why haven't the pharmaceutical industries approached these like they have for everything else? I don't know. Maybe they don't think there's enough numbers, like enough people diagnosing it with proper, proper diagnosing. I don't know. No, because the number one, like I just finished again at Cornell and I've been for biotech and pharma, your ultra orphan diseases, like that have 10,000 people in the United States to 200,000 people worldwide, like PNH is one of those diseases. They bring in the most numbers. So I think one of the reasons is, this is just my theory, is because it, it takes such a different targeted path in each person that gets Lyme disease. Yeah, and I think there's so many versions out there. there. Well, I have my conspiracy theory reason why. I think it's because maybe it's a biowarfare that then they'd have to acknowledge that it was a biowarfare. But that's just, they targeted us. <laughs> oh, I think maybe it got out by mistake or whatever and it became something. And then if they acknowledge that it's actually a biowarfare, oh, yeah. yeah, they're not going to. The government would have a problem with that. Yeah. And I think it was gradual and silent in many ways. For a lot of people, they don't have symptoms for a while. Right, until yeah. you have the perfect storm of not sleeping or a Did death you or lose death. your memory? I have to write everything down. I won't remember anything. I used to be able to remember my to-do list for the day. Not anymore. I forget to even look at my to-do list usually. <laughs> it's terrible. You also wanted to talk a little bit about, you did some kind of clothing for ticks. Oh, I did. Yeah, that's going to come out with ABCs for Life and ABCs for Animals. I meant to have that. I actually developed something fun, which is an alcohol detox metabolizer for, for clean spirits under that. But then I did a clothing line, which I worked on when I was at Harvard, which is using different types of nanotechnology that's infused to basically kill ticks 
and kill ticks around that surrounding area when you wear the clothing line. We use different types of silver and gold nanoparticles, as well as I infused different formulas in there of different orthosilic and aluminosilicates, as well as silver ions. So we use technology so it would be embedded into it. And then we're selling, if you want to wash the clothing after you wash it four times, you're going to have to spray more on there. So that's embedded again. And then you have to heat it. So there's like directions on it. Yeah, that's great. I have a question with that brought me up idea. Do you think people are more, have a tendency to have ticks than other people? Like, like, is there a blood type or smell or something? The reason why I bring it up is no matter where I go, I always get ticks, right? And like one time I was in Wyoming and I was taking like, you know, we went to this one of those ranches and I was like, I'm not going into the woods. And the guy's like, no, 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 we don't have ticks here. Don't worry. And I'm like, I really, I just, I'm super uncomfortable going in. He's like, don't worry. So I'm like, okay. So we drive into the woods and we were just taking pictures. I took pictures to get back into the like cart, the golf cart. And I was covered with ticks and I go, see, there are ticks here. And he looked at me and goes, I have worked here for 15 years. I've never seen a tick. I'm like, there must be something like in my blood that it's just, they smell it and they jump on me. I don't know what it is. It uh, just uh, made me think that there must be something like that I attract. What's it. your blood type? I'm AB. Yeah, I'm O negative. But it, this is what I was getting ready to say. There are certain people that excrete pheromones. You know how you hear about pheromones that have to do with people like liking each other? Um, yeah. There's also certain people that attract because of their DNA and who they are. And most people with O negative or O, well, it's it's a theory. Some scientists agree, some don't, yeah. that if you get it, if you have O negative or O positive, then you'll be able to get rid of it. And they have not had as many deaths, you know, yeah. the people that have it. So I think, well, your O negatives are genetically one of the scientific theories is they're like the cavemen, right? The ones that are basically will make it through the most throughout their lives. But I was going to tell you, I went into the woods. I'm just like you. I went into the woods. Clayton was with me and I go out there and I said, I don't want to get out because it's, it was a new you know area by the lake. And the lady was like, Oh no, it's okay. You won't get anything. We go. And I was so paranoid. This did not happen long ago. I think about two months ago. I did not want to get out of the car. And I feel so bad because I grew up in the country. It's not like I, I mean, I rode right. horses, I was around animals, but I did not want to get ticks because I'm sure you're, I would think everyone that has Lyme disease is like this. I do not want to be around ticks. So I get out there, go home, getting ready to get in the bath. They're all over me. Clayton had zero, nothing on him. I had them everywhere, like under my bra. I mean, I, I had bites. Had they attached? Yes. Oh, no. I was so upset about it. Only only two were attached, but they were everywhere. And I literally was so poor. Nothing happened. I haven't had any kind of... Did you take antibiotics then right after? I did. <laughs> yeah, I tell people that now. Anybody who's listening, if you get bit, your skin is punctured, do it. Like, don't... And my thing is, I think when you take an antibiotic, you should take an antifungal at the same time. Hmm. I really believe that. Because when you kill bacteria, fungus proliferates. And... I can tell you, so I'll give you an example. When you have parasites in the GI, if you have fungus, they breed because they love to live in the fungus. So if your body is fungus, I believe that spirochetes and everything just breeds and just keeps growing. So I think you've got to get rid of the fungus in your body. I'm just one of these, because I studied this for a while in my 20s. I think it's really important to get, you know, fungus is one of the things that causes cancer. Mm-hmm. 
So it's really important because otherwise you're taking an antibiotic, you're killing the bacteria, but the fungus proliferates, it grows. And it's one of the things I don't think they educate doctors on when they're in medical school is that fact. Now, when you're in the pharmaceutical biotech on the science side, you know that, but I don't think routinely. So like I tell the pharmacy knows if I have an antibiotic, I have to have an antifungal. Well, that's and again, that's just me personally, but it does have to do with my knowledge scientifically about what happens in the body as well. Right. Your infectious disease doctors, a lot of them do understand that if you have a really good infectious disease doctor. That's great. Well, Dr. Christine, this has been amazing. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to um, try all three of your products and read your book when it comes out. So thank you so much. Thank you. And I want you to be in the science society because we need people that are really dedicated to science and nutrition. And maybe next time we can talk about nutrition because that's another thing that I think is very important. It's huge. I know I was going to ask on you, but we were running out of time. So I was like, (laughs) part two, we'll do part two nutrition and how, how you've dealt with that too. But thank you so much. Each week, I will bring you different voices from the wellness community so that they can share how they help their clients heal. You will come away with tips and strategies to help you get your life back. Thank you so much for coming on, and I am so happy you are here. Subscribe now and tune in next week. If you want to learn how I detox and you want to check out my Detox for Lyme checklist, go to Lyme360.com forward slash detox checklist. You can also join our community at Lyme360 Warriors on Facebook, and let's heal together. Thank you.